This week, on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing our favorite post-apocalypses! Hello, and welcome to another very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am your personal best friend, John Rooney. Nice. And this... No. Yeah, no. I was talking to the listeners, oh. not you guys. You guys, I could take or leave. <laughs> oh, all right. What the audience doesn't know is that Patrick and Mark are just voices I do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's true, it's all John Rooney, except for when Werner Herzog shows up. I was drinking a glass of water while Mar- uh, while uh, Patrick was saying that. That's how good I am. Uh, hello, it is I, Werner Herzog. Um, I just wanted to say that I am not a voice by John Rooney. I'm my own human being, uh, which means that I am weak in the face of nature. <laughs> my use. That's true, Werner Herzog. It's me, David Bowie. <laughs> Oh, hello, David Bowie. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Let me ask you a question, David Please Bowie. Please ask away, Werner Herzog, you crazy cat, Werner. <laughs> is, it, is it not true that you are dead? Death is just a state of being. <laughs> I'm in the stars now, baby. So what you see again right here is that nature has defeated man, but then man has found a way using technology to defeat nature... I don't use technology, I'm simply one with the universe. Ladies and gentlemen, these voices and my own, performed by John Rooney! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, to get to our uh, mini-sode topic this week, next week we'll be talking about the 1989 Jean-Claude Van Damme Canon Films Group Garbage Pile, (laughs) uh, known as Cyborg. Do we have to? Do we really have to? We already did, we already did. Anyway, I had it fucking eternal sunshine of the spotless minded erased from my memory already. <laughs> Elijah Wood was awkward and Mark Ruffalo was charming in spite of himself. <laughs> Jim Carrey was there too. <laughs> so this week, uh, in honor of next week, we're going to be talking about our favorite apocalyptic worlds. These are places that take place after the apocalypse. Wastelands. uh, Places where nuclear war reigns, where men in leather and spikes and chains uh, now rule the the world and not order like today and our real life laws where order rules and law (laughs) is real. Do you want to make a medieval fantasy feudal epic but you don't want any of that fucking nerd shit in it? (laughs) Make a post-apocalypse movie, you Time for dummy. some post-apocalyptic movie. All right. Now, John, what's your favorite post-apocalypse? Mad Max. Mad oh, Max wow. all the way, all yeah. day, every day, Mad Max. But how do they get so much gas to be driving those cars around looking for all that gas? <laughs> At Gas Town. Yeah, you <laughs> dummy. It's across the desert waste from the bullet farmers. <laughs> Duh! <laughs> and that's what I love most about the Mad Max universe is there is very little screen time devoted to blatant explanations of the different factions and what's going on. Yeah, what's even happened. Yeah. Right, it's all told through action and context, and if you're just paying attention to the movie, you get a rich tapestry of the surviving civilizations, and sometimes you get Beyond Thunderdome, which is not very good. (laughs) Uh, Okay, first of all, let me tell you this about Beyond Thunderdome. 
The first, like, 30 minutes of it, fucking great. <laughs> the last 30 minutes of it, fucking great. It's that hour in the middle where he sits with the dumb kids in the fucking canyon that's it, fucking awful. Well, the kids are like, you're going to lead us to Neverland. And he's like, I don't want to. <laughs> like, please. And he's like, well, all right. Except it takes an hour to do that. Yeah. Man, it's I'm... really bad. Glad we could get Mel Gibson to actually lay down the vocal tracks for that one. <laughs> hey, boy, I'm Mel Gibson. <laughs> Star of Braveheart. Brave so close. <laughs> I remember when I did that movie, Braveheart. I was too busy being in my band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that bad 40-foot-off grunt. Pretty great. Oh no! <laughs> I remember when I made that movie with Jodie Foster called The Beaver. No, I was too busy punching a hotel to be in the face with a telephone. I'm gonna be in Daddy's home too. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the Mad Max stuff. If you're if you're not familiar, fucking get a library card and rent them from the library, or yeah. get them on Netflix or something because they're fucking great. Um, it takes place in a post-apocalypse in Australia, and it kind of really does show, sort of, it's the, as the four movies go, it definitely is a expansion. Each one's an expansion of the previous one, and they're fantastic movies. Um, uh, what's your favorite Mad Max, John? Uh, that has got to actually be a tie between Road Warrior, which I think really kind of figured out what a Mad Max movie is, more so than the first Mad sure. Max, uh, and Fury Road. Fury, Fury Road is really amazing. Great. It's so good. It's really and great. it's so rare that uh, such a long gestating kind of sequel 20, 30 years after the fact can be even serviceable. But the fact that it not only feels like a Mad Max movie, but feels like a modern Mad Max movie and feels fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's like the anti-Chinese democracy, like the Guns yeah. N' Roses album. <laughs> like it was worked on for so long and when it came out it was actually good. Unlike that fucking... Wannabe Nine Inch Nails horse shit that Axl Rose <laughs> farted out. Give me the reggae! Ugh, God Ooh. damn it, Axl Rose is the fucking worst. Uh. Thanks, Axl Rose. <laughs> go back to Indiana, Axl. I'm gonna go into the November rain. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I gotta say, this minisode is a, a cavalcade of stars. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who's gonna you know. show up next? <laughs> well, the fucking portal opened up Macho in my man back again I love it when I see you Patrick tell me about your favorite post apocalypse I'm gonna go with that Kevin Costner epic and I know what you're thinking the postman boom okay so that noise that you guys heard or maybe was edited out was me John Rooney throwing this recording device out the window <laughs> what are you talking about a there's horses b let's face it in the post-apocalypse you never get horses you are you're like everywhere of, you, you go you are like everybody's dad who goes to see <laughs> the world war one movies and judges it purely on how accurate the costumes were <laughs> definitely oh this movie has 10 out of 10 horses <laughs> <laughs> but if you'd let me finish it has horses i don't think i legally can <laughs> All of the criminal gangs identify themselves with the use of numbers that they tattoo to themselves. Tom Petty is the mayor of California. And, and he's Tom Petty. And he's Tom Petty. <laughs> and you get to travel the state through some like weird suspension cars over the Alpine kind of thing. 
It's the best. <laughs> and there's true. land. Unlike that other Kevin Costner post-apocalypse. What, Dances with Wolves? That wasn't post-apocalyptic. <laughs> it depends on who's apocalypse, John. No, I guess you're right. Oh, God, oh. the Postman? Yeah. I could have I forgiven you Waterworld, because you'd have been like, oh, people with gills, <laughs> drinking their own pee, maps on backs, Dennis Hopper crazy eye, jet skis. Nah, man, Tom fucking Petty. <laughs> As oh, Tom Petty, mayor of California. Mayor of California. <laughs> Which is now a city, no longer a state. <laughs> well, Tom Petty's running things. Sure, right. It's super chill there now. Yeah, very, very easy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And Kevin Costner is delivering all that mail that you thought was lost. I will say that if, if the movie had done one thing differently, I would have given it 20,000 stars. If the movie's ending credits was a Tom Petty song describing the plot of the movie, <laughs> that would have been the best goddamn thing ever. See, I think it would have been better if at the, when the credits started it said, based on the film Il Postino. <laughs> I think it would have been better had the movie not been so bad. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's valid. <laughs> uh, Mark, favorite post-apocalypse. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to kind of cheat here a little bit. It's not technically a post-apocalypse, but it is a future sort of uh, world where shit's gone bad. And I'm talking about fucking RoboCop! Yeah, no, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, Detroit is fucked up. To the point that they're trying to build a new Detroit right next to it. (laughs) Or on top of it. And all of this leads to the skinniest, frailest-looking cop being shot a thousand times and turned into Robo-Cop. Yeah. And it's awesome. He shoots the shit out of everybody. Yeah, he does. And it's awesome. And then you get Robo-Cop 2, and they're like, guys, how do we beat turning a cop into Robo-Cop? I know. How about we turn a ruthless drug kingpin into Robo-Cop 2? Done! Thanks, Frank Miller! (laughs) It's so good! (laughs) Well, what do we do with RoboCop 3? Fucking, I don't know, ninjas, I guess. <laughs> yeah, ninjas and Steven Root. <laughs> nice. You really get some diminishing returns on that franchise. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, when I say RoboCop, I only mean RoboCops 1 and 2. Sure. The, the good and the okay RoboCops. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. But no, RoboCop is a great, because it is the one that does feel uh, frighteningly possible. Sure. Yeah, RoboCops. Well, like, the, I mean... I mean, they are already building exoskeletons yeah. for, like, soldiers and, and stuff like that. And even for people who've suffered, you know, spinal cord injuries. We already have, like, super, like, there's, like, the ads in that movie that are, like, super, like, sarcastic and kind of, like, joke ads. But they're the kind of ads we have now. <laughs> they're, like, Tim and Eric ads, but 30 years before Tim and Eric walked and fucking walked onto a camera set, whatever that but thing. But they walked onto a camera. Yeah. Yeah, that's how movies get made, right? Stomping you walk- it with their feet. You walk onto a camera, and then you get on the little bike that's on it to wind up the film. Yes, Mark, I would like to offer you a job as an executive producer for Canon Films. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yes, please. I'm going to make Breaking 3. <laughs> the electric. Jubilee. Oh, that's good. I was going to say the electric pee. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Robo- It would be about peeing. Of course, yeah. Uh, the, the one thing I love about Robocop, and specifically Robocop 2, actually... Is there's one scene, and they kind of they kind of did a similar thing in Iron Man 2, but 
RoboCop 2 game beforehand, and it's where they're trying to build a RoboCop 2, and you see, like, some of the failures, and there's one where it comes out, and it, like, walks into a room, and it's kind of stop-motion-y, and it, like, looks at a guy, and then fucking shoots him down, and then shoots the camera, then they go, test two, and this other one walks out, and they're like, alright, RoboCop, test, and he walks out, he takes off his mask, and it's just like a screaming skull, it's going, ah! and he, like, rips off his own head, and just, like, throws it at the ground before the camera goes... And it's just like a brutal, weird Frank Miller thing to do uh, that I can't believe they were able to put that into a movie. And that's one of the reasons I love the RoboCop films is that they are weirdly satirical uh, and darkly, darkly comedic. Um, and like it always surprises me that even for their time, like in the late 80s, early 90s, that you were able to make movies like that, that people got them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And went and saw them <laughs> and spent money on them. Yeah, fucking uh, RoboCop did all those uh, KFC ads in Japan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, look. Like, he became a cultural icon for RoboCop. children. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy. Because that's the other thing is that people, I shouldn't say people got RoboCop because they completely didn't. That yeah. movie made money because they were like, look, the robot cops shooting people. That's great. I love people shooting cops robots. But what, <laughs> they didn't, like, understand, like, the larger, like, you know, satirical significance of it. And, and instead, they just like, hey, what if we had a RoboCop cartoon show for kids? Yeah. Where RoboCop hangs out with kids like Mr. T does. Yeah, and Ed, uh, Ed 209 basically becomes the Slimer of the franchise. <laughs> yeah! It's perfect. Well, RoboCop's great. I really wish you hadn't said Mad Max. I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the untarnished legacy of Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that is it for this uh, minisode of Body Counts and Beer. Uh, I am Mark Rosendahl. I am Patrick Bromley. And I'm Slash, I am. Admit it, you don't know what my voice sounds like. Get out of here, Slash. I gotta say goodbye to everyone. Damn, uh, all right. Got a really uh, good hey, point. how's it going? I'm MC Hammer. Uh, I'm the <laughs> former rapper known as MC Hammer. Uh, and the former rapper time. known as Hammer? Yeah, that's me. Uh, pumps in a bump. Pumps in a bump. That's my song. That's that song I did. It's a great song. Yeah, it's got great. Deion Sanders yeah. was in the video. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to, like, preach and stuff? Because that's what you do now, right? <laughs> Why don't you say goodbye, John? Goodbye, John. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, pretty much anywhere five podcasts are purveyed. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.